Hey friends, guess what? I've got a new book coming out from Llewellyn Worldwide on March 8th called Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life. This book is based on something I call genealogical regressions because sometimes when I'm working with clients, I go into their past lives and I realize this is not the source event of the challenge. We need to send light and love to ancestors in order to make our lives the wonderful places that we want to be. So I hope you'll check out my new book and stay tuned for class announcements, book signings, and more as March gets closer. Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life coming March 8th from Llewellyn Worldwide. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. So I hope that little meditation is continuing to help you just feel more centered and balanced. And speaking of that, our special guest today is Dr. Sharon. And remember, you can go watch us on YouTube. Um, Dr. Sharon has a really awesome book about anxiety, depression, overcoming adversity and trauma. And I just can't say again, this is just such perfect timing to have her on the show right now with all of the things going on in our outer world. So relax and let's enjoy my talk with Dr. Alexandra Sharon. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So I've got an amazing guest with us today, Dr. Alexandra Sharon. I don't have to tell all of you that we have all been going through certain degrees of anxiety, stress, trauma, maybe depression, shock. And she has an amazing, amazing book that everyone needs to read, Getting Through It, Reclaim and Rebuild Your Life After Adversity, Change, or Trauma. Let me read you her bio. Alexandra Charon received a master's degree in teaching from Seattle University and a doctorate from Valdosta State University. She is the author of 14 books, including 365 Ways to Develop Your Psychic Ability, 365 Ways to Strengthen Your Spirituality and Clearing Your Clutter, or Clearing Clutter, excuse me. I'm having a hard time reading. And she lives in Port Moody, British Columbia. Dr. Sharon, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Shelley. Yes. So this book is really um, incredibly timely right now. And I noticed one thing in 
as reading this, you mentioned the new normal a lot. So did you write the book in the earlier part of 2020? I just had to ask. Actually, no, publishing takes a long time in traditional publishing, I'm sure you know. So I think I, uh, I actually began writing it in 2017 and I definitely finished it before 2019. Isn't that interesting? I yeah. knew that had to have been the case, but there you are being a psychic again, because this is so tuned in. This is so timely. And Definitely. you know, one of the things I loved about what you did right up front, you just get right out there and you say, you know, because like all people, our whole life is not a bed of roses, nor is it a national disaster. And you really put your personal story out there about some of the things that really went very badly. And then you've really shown people through the whole book how you can use this adversity and build on it and just climb your way out of pretty much any situation. So would you share with our audience um, just some of the incredible journey that you've been on? And I just send you all respect for putting it out there like you did. Sure. Well, uh, actually, it was my editor at Llewellyn who suggested I write this book in 2017 because she knew what I had, I had just been through a rough three years. It was kind of a country song of three years. You know, I even lost my dog. What happened was in 2014, I was in a serious automobile accident. And then in 2015, I was diagnosed with stage 3C breast cancer. So I got to go through the whole meal deal with that, with the surgery and radiation and chemotherapy and more surgery. And right after that, I was plunged into a very bitter divorce that really, really broke my heart much more than anything else prior. So with all of these things happening all at once, I had to really stretch and grow beyond the coping mechanisms that I had previously. And my editor, who I've been working with since 2009 at UL, and she's wonderful, she thought that I progressed through it pretty well, and she wanted me to share some of my secrets. So that's what I'm doing. It's really courageous, and I just really applaud you for it. And I do, you do, you say, well, you know, my life wasn't always like this, but this did happen. And I think that that's one of the things about life. I mean, when we do go through these hard times, if we can at least climb out to the other side, there is wisdom there and things that we can use to help other people. And, you know, you've divided your book up. Um, I think I hope viewers out there are aware of the work of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross who identified the stages of grief. And so you've divided the book into these stages to help the reader go along the journey. So could you speak to what are these stages for those who don't know what they are and how can we move from the beginning stage to kind of climbing out of whatever situation we find ourselves in? Sure. Well, the stages of grief that they they're sort of pervasive in popular culture. Everyone knows right. that grief starts with denial, right? And we've heard that we progress through these stages that are emotionally based, like anger, bargaining, you know, depression or sadness, and then eventually we move on to uh, you know acceptance and really integrating the new normal into our lives. And although this these stages of grief aren't very accurate psychologically. There, there's been a lot of research in this area and certainly we all know intuitively that you don't just sort of march through each stage of grief when you suffered a loss in your life. The reason I chose to organize the book in this way is because after suffering a loss 
people feel compelled to move through it in a specific time frame or in a specific way. And it's not like that, right? Grief is all over the place. It's a spiral, it's a zigzag. And so I wanted to lay out the book in this format so that people could jump from place to place in the book and realize that each time they go through that loop of the spiral of grief, uh, they, they're unwrapping another piece, they're unlocking another secret and, you know, any way that you grieve is okay. Yeah, that's one of the things I also liked because, like you said, today I might be in denial, maybe tomorrow I'm angry, I mean, and then it could be something completely different. So you can actually take each section of the book as you need to receive the advice that you're giving people. Yeah, so one of the one of the things that makes people more resilient is what they call metacognition about emotions or understanding the feelings are okay, right? So I think that um, part of my book was is expressing that even these negative emotions that we're told in our culture not to express are okay when you're going through something big. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem just in general with the society is that we've been taught that emotions are bad and we don't wanna share our feelings. We're getting more open, but we just historically have not been very open about really sharing like we are now. And so I think that's something really important that people need to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. And so you talk also, you've got a lot of amazing like exercises, meditations. What are some of the things people can do if they, I mean, now, you know, we've got a whole collective society obviously experiencing different stages of grief and what's happened with the pandemic, et, et cetera. And so what do you think the first thing people should do would be, what would you advise? Well, it's funny because when I first wrote this book, I wanted, I had a goal of 365 different exercises that you could do to get through these tough times because I wanted one for every day of the year. And I did that, I made that many exercises and Part of it is that I wanted different, different exercises speak to different people, right? So yes. for some people, you know, who might be ta very tactile people, you know, making art might be a way that they can get out their grief, you know, but for another person, um, you know, they might just need to, to get their grief out in a more physical sense, you know, or, or, in, or in other ways, you know, expressing the other people. Uh, but I think one thing that everyone would have in common is just the simple practice of mindfulness, you know, and there's many ways to get at that too, that work for different people, but the concept is the same across the board and really helps. Yeah, and you talk about breath work, breathing and crystals, which is a big thing that I love as well. Um, do you recommend any crystals in particular that people could use to help? Uh, I always recommend amethyst. I have a I have a beautiful piece that was given to me by a very beloved good friend, and she said, "I keep this on my bedside table. I want you to have it." So now it's by my bedside. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I love it. It's really a good one. So, as you think about like just the global environment, you know, I don't think there's really ever been a time like this when we're all kind of going through a situation together, we're all experiencing it different, but what do you think the end result will be from this strange introspection that we're all having right now? Well, 
And you know, they say that you can't help what happens to you in life, but you can help how you respond to it and react to it. And I think we're gonna see a lot of divergence there with people because some people are going to respond pretty well and are going to use these experiences in ways to at least maintain a new normal, if not better their lives. Whereas other people are going to struggle for quite some time. I think there's gonna be a lot of research in the fields of psychology and sociology and economics that's gonna be really unraveling and uh, un revealing so much in the decades to come. And um, I look forward to seeing what some people make from this because certainly we've all seen amazing community, community experiences that have come from this tragedy. Yeah, it's been very, very interesting because when you're faced with, we all had a plan at the beginning of 2020, that plan isn't happening. And so we've just had to move forward in new ways. And there have been a lot of really huge blessings, just, you know, just connecting with people like you, getting together in huge online communities. It feels like you're able to actually reach far more people. So if we ever do get out of this, we'll, we'll get together. It'll be wonderful, you know. So tell us um, some of the other exercises and things that you would recommend for, for people to do if, let's say it's been a while, you know, I think people um, are largely told, well, okay, you, this thing that happened to you, it happened a long time ago, you should be over it by now. But mm. what if people aren't, how can they move through longer term issues that are going on in their lives? Yeah, uh, this one speaks to me a lot, because uh, this happens a lot with cancer survivors like myself, uh, when you're done with cancer treatment, they just kind of release you out into the world and they say, okay, you know, you're no evidence of disease. We'll see you in six months. But there's so many issues with survivorship that are attendant, you know, uh, the, the emotional issues that come from that and even physical issues that come for years afterwards. And uh, as I had a unique experience, I know everyone else is having a unique experience too. And I'm hoping that people can learn some of these common techniques, like I was telling you with the deep breathing and things like that. But there's other techniques that people are going to have to really stretch outside their comfort zones and maybe, you know, work with journaling work with um, being able to share with other people more than they have in the past and change old, old patterns that are no longer working anymore. And, uh, you know, the first step of that is letting go. Yeah, I hear that. And I read also, you were talking in the book about that you actually worked as a hospital chaplain. That is so interesting. Yeah, it was wonderful work. For How sure. long did you do that? Uh, I did that for a few years before uh, my kids were born and then uh, continued as a community chaplain. After that, I just couldn't take the hours that I did previously, you know, when I had kids. Um, but I went through clinical pastoral education at the University of Washington, which is a really wonderful program. And part of that was just being plunged into this internship of working with people in the ICU and, and working with burn victims and working with uh, you know, people who have been locked up because they have intractable cases of tuberculosis, you know, and they've been in there for years. And it really helped me gain some perspective in life, you know, because the one thing everyone had in common was that they were going through an incredible transition, right? 
And for some people, it meant, you know, even for faculty or even for staff there, um, even for families, they were going through the transition of maybe losing a loved one or seeing life changed forever. And I, I, I gained a passion for helping people through these transitions. It's really amazing that you did that. It, it kind of reminded me, I, I became a past life regressionist after a friend of mine had passed and I was like 25 years old. I had never been to a funeral before. And it was so traumatic that I, I decided I'm going to go work at hospice because I don't ever want to feel like that again. And um, the hospice experience reminds me a lot of what you're talking about here. You're really, you feel like, okay, you are with those people at that moment and it's for a reason it's happening for a reason and you you feel like you you get you know i know i felt like i get so much more out of it than you can ever give to others and you kind of transcend into some different awareness where you when you do have hard times hit again yeah i mean i'm sure it, you know what i'm talking about it just makes you get a different lens through which to view these strange things that are going to happen yeah it gives you a sense of perspective you know when you've watched a family go through an incredible loss and then you go home you can't really be mad that you know your cup of tea got cold because you forgot it in the microwave right nothing those things don't matter anymore and that's part of what the the gift of these big transitions is I remember when I was interviewing for the clinical pastoral education program and I have an alternative spirituality. I'm Wiccan. So I, I was preparing for this interview, like, okay, I'm going to have to prove that I'm legitimate. And, you know, I'm going to get asked all these questions. And my program supervisor, who had actually was one of the founders of the program there, we just kind of chit chatted and stuff. And then she said, yeah, you're going to be welcomed into the program. And I said, well, don't you want to see more of my credentials or, you know, anything like that? And she was like, you know, nobody, nobody does this just for fun. I, I think you're going to be just fine. <laughs> and she was right. That is amazing. Yeah, you are, are you are a high priestess, correct? Mm -hmm. That is so interesting, too. I could talk to you about that all day. So how long have you been a part of the Wiccan community? Um, let's see. I was initiated, I believe in 2005, um, but prior to that, I was very involved with the pagan community, but uh, I, I'm involved with British traditional Wicca. And so we have, it's kind of more of a priesthood, you know, where we have formal training and, you know, things like that. And we, we work in groups. And so um, it took me a long time to sort of find the, the chosen family that was right for me and get involved with that. Uh, but then when my son was born about eight years ago was when I my coven hived off and I was able to lead my own coven, which interestingly enough took place because there was a high priest who had a bucket list item of you know run, co-running a coven. And I, I loved and trusted him very much. He was, he was, he had stage four cancer himself. And so we started this coven and he's still alive and well. He got through that. You know, he's also no evidence of disease. So we have two members of our coven that are cancer survivors and Yay. are no evidence of disease. So, you know, magic works. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah, you talked about that in the book that they don't ever just 
check you off and say, okay, you're done. They just yeah. give you a level of no evidence. And then you're supposed to just carry that around with you. I mean, yeah, it's really interesting. I think from popular culture, I got it in my head that I was going to be in remission. You know, there was going to be this thing where I was cured essentially. And uh, turns out that's not the case, right? It's cancer involves living with uncertainty, you know, cancer isn't healed, it is held in, in your heart and mind forever. Because after that, you need to, to just be more aware of your body and of the fleeting time that you have. I think that the having deep spiritual beliefs has to help during any of these kinds of crises to help you, like you said, to hang on to the things that really matter and to just move through it. Oh, for sure. And, and my book is definitely peppered with a lot of spirituality. Um, but I also recognize that some people are less hungry for spirituality than others. So I tried also to include a lot of really common sense things. You know, everybody knows that meditation helps even if you're not religious, right? It, it lowers blood pressure. It produces actual physical results in the body and in your brain structure. Uh, but I do believe that spirituality really helped me. And I hope that during this time of transition, everybody finds a way to reach into that part of themselves and maybe explore their own higher self or perhaps a, a faith tradition of their roots. You know, this is a great opportunity for making those connections and setting up a spiritual foundation. Yeah, I think that we're all being asked just to kind of slow down, reevaluate. And then, like you said, if we can find that path that is ours and then move forward, then hopefully we can get through all this. I, I think also I had had um, 20 or I, I don't know if it was 20 years ago. I guess it was right when I was at the end of my 20s, into my 30s, I had stage four endometriosis. Mm. And I didn't used to speak that word. I, everybody just assumed I had had cancer. And yeah. then I had an ugly divorce. Yes. So, you know, like I said, I hear you. I, I just respect the way you really just put it all out there. And I think when you go through a lot of these kinds of hardships, I feel so thankful about where I am at this moment because I've been through some stuff, if you know what I mean. And I, I think oh, yeah. when I look at other people in the world and I think, what if I was younger or what if I just hadn't been through a lot of stuff right at this point? You know, this would be very difficult what we're doing right now. And I just feel like books like yours are so helpful right now. I mean, it couldn't have come at a better time yes. because this is what everybody needs right now. Some, they need things to hang on to, to know that, you know, change is happening. This may look one way today, but as you know, every day it's changed and it can be improving. Yeah, time. for a lot of people, this has been the worst year of their lives. And, you know, that's not to minimize their lives compared to mine. I'm, you know, I'm not, it's not a competition or anything like that. I think that, that people could very much be going through many simultaneous losses this year and grief, it compounds, it adds up. Yes. Yeah. I've got um, a group of students who take some weekly classes from me and in that group there's just been so many people who have lost loved ones this year that a lot of besides just teaching whatever we're teaching you know it's been a real um, support kind of a situation where people have just needed 
to have think, the comfort of group. And I think that that's one reason why the Zoom thing, I mean, I never did this before, but it's just been such a blessing because yes, we can't get together as much as we used to, but we have to just kind of be thankful for what we do have and use the resources that we have to make these connections and to move through this together. Well, yeah, we're all going through this together. You know, sometimes I do feel a little overwhelmed because I think, well, when I had cancer, at least it was just me having cancer. You know, if I died, the world would march on like it always had. But now the world is irrevocably changed. And in order to cope with that, we all have to band together in one way or another. Absolutely. Uh, because I guess I think that, you know, some of the things that have gone away, you know, I don't know what you think about this, but, you know, they're not going to come back. And yeah. new ways are coming. Some of these new ways are going to be good. And um, things are just going to new the new normal as you say many times in your book that was so tuned in it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely incredible so the other thing that's so interesting um i was researching you and i know that you now are playing poker i just think that's fascinating because i heard the other day just on the news they were talking about the online gaming industry just because there aren't any you know sports around much is just exploding right now so i just wanted to know if you would tell us about that that's so interesting sure actually you know what's funny is poker helped me kind of cope with um how random happenstance happens in life because uh there's variance that happens you know good luck and bad luck and in life that's true and in the game of cards, it's obviously true. There's math that you can do behind it to know what odds are what, right? Right. And I think that by playing poker, I started learning that, you know, sometimes the cards just don't run out in your favor. And sometimes it can seem like it's, there's some kind of horrible purpose behind it. Like, oh no, why did I lose this three times in a row in a really weird way? Like there must be something behind this. But as you play more and you play more, you realize that that's just natural. That's, that's part of life and it's part of nature. It's part of the mathematics of the universe. Yeah. And that really helped me gain some perspective and heal after my experiences, because I realized that, you know, I just need to play the hand that I'm dealt right now and not think about, you know, what's happened. Think about my next hand and keep my mind clear for what's going to happen in the future. That is so interesting because yeah, I've had periods in my life where it seems like everything's wonderful. And then you have this false sense of everything's going to always be wonderful. And then there's periods. Um, I had one back in 2010. It just seemed like there were several years there where I couldn't fight my way out of a paper bag, you know? Yeah. And, and I think people, I don't know if, if it hits you the wrong way, you can get very discouraged and just feel like things won't change, but eventually they will change. Yeah, humans are really bad at understanding odds and risk and things like that. And so it can seem um, like some kind of conspiracy is behind everything when really this is just natural. Nature can be both cruel and kind. Yeah, I guess this year or 2020, I got into puzzles jigsaw puzzles which I'm in Aries so I have a very short attention span <laughs> but I thought okay there's a big pile of mess it's on a table and little by little I would just be I would be almost panicking at first because I had a whole travel schedule just like I'm sure you did you know just things that we all had planned they weren't happening what am I going to do now I don't even know what to do with myself 
you start to realize this looks like a disaster and little by little I can start piecing these little things together. And if I work a few puzzle pieces, I could come back and come back That's into the situation with a new perspective. That's really a beautiful metaphor. I've thought about that before. I remember writing a, a last letter to my ex-husband after he left. And I was, ex I was saying, you know, marriage is like a puzzle. And sometimes you set it aside and you don't put another piece in for years, you know, but that doesn't mean that you're not working on it, you know? And I think that that metaphor can work for a lot of areas of life right now because a lot of those are on hold. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, wow, it was really great to connect with you. Let me show y'all this book. Please go get this. The way she tunes in, she's talking about the new normal, but it hadn't even happened yet. Tons of exercises your heartfelt story of your journey that was so courageously written. I cannot recommend this enough. Go pick up Getting Through It. And believe it or not, we're all going to get through this together. Tell us your website and how we can contact you. Oh, right now you can contact me by uh, email me at wiccan at gmail.com oh, or you can... Or you can follow my poker journey. I'm on Twitch now, just like a lot of people have turned to live streaming for social interaction. So I'm at Twitch. My username is Queen of Diamonds. So that's twitch.tv slash Queen of Diamonds. And I'm live once a day weekdays. So if you stop by, we can chit chat about life, the universe and everything. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I will put the links up to the show. And it was a joy to have you. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for your courage. And I just wish you continued success and joy. Thank we'll you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank All you. right, friends. So we've done it again. So hang in there. Stay tuned for our next episode of Healing Arts. And in the meanwhile, be well and take care. We'll be right back. Hey, my friend, have you known your pet in a past life? Well, believe it or not, a lot of people have. You can check out case histories and find out more about your connections to your little fuzzballs in my book, Past Lives with Pets. Check it out and find out today. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. You can visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. So just know that this week, I just hope you're doing well, and I'm continuing to send you lots of love and prayers. And of course, next Sunday, I'm going to have another special guest, another author from Llewellyn Worldwide, as we continue our journey. So please take care of yourself, dear one, and just take a few moments for yourself each day to just take a deep breath, calm and center yourself, and just know that no matter what is going on in the outer world, that all is well and we are moving through our lives together. So take care, my dear. 
Namaste, and I'll see you next time on Healing Arts. Hey friends, it's Dr. Shelley. If you are experiencing anxiety, depression, or trauma, check out my book, Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories. This is a book filled with amazing case histories of clients who have successfully healed their anxiety and trauma, and it has a lot of guided journeys in it designed to help you get through these challenging times. Click on my website at pastlifelady.com, follow the book links, and check out Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories today.